This is RAF with Tony Tone and LA. Hey yo, you tuned in straight live and direct from the Jungle Studios. Woo! It's your boy L.A., a.k.a. the Love Ambassador, joined by the one and only Mr. Philly. Mr. Philly, what's up, bro? How you going, man? I'm doing all right. Happy Sunday. Yeah, indeed. Sunday, Sunday. Uh, I wouldn't want to spend it with anyone but you, uh, Love Ambassador. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm blushing, mate. I'm blushing. <laughs> Can I say one thing? I think I've said it before. Every time you play your intro, you ever see that episode of Seinfeld when uh, Kramer is dating Elaine's roommate? Oh, yeah. Playing, like the tribal music and they're dancing. <laughs> That's the only thing that goes through my head when I hear your intro. It's just that. That's all I can picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, mate, I'll, uh, I'll be, I'll be dropping some uh, Congolese rhythms with some beauties from the Congo later on, broski. Um, <laughs> shout out to the people in Kinshasa listening, by the way. And um, ironically, actually, I've got a uh, traditional Congolese mask um, in my in my office because my neighbour actually lived in the Congo in the sixties, and uh, so she has like a whole half a floor of a house dedicated to Congolese artwork. So, you know, I might be able to set the theme for your Kramer and Elaine's <laughs> friend uh, little uh, rendezvous. So, um, look, uh, I guess time for the old uh, the old news. I've decided, uh, be honest with you, mate, I kind of looked at the BBC and, you know, the Australian and everything like that. It's just Omicron shit, and frankly, I'm fucking over COVID. So... I'm just going to talk about some novelty shit with you, and I'll, I'll read the story out, then we can discuss it, right? So, two zebras. I don't know, you. how do you yank say, do you say zebra or zebra? Oh. Yeah. I, I like how zebras. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you could name a child zebra. Like, you could use that as a, as a name. You zebra could. Summers. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all, actually. But zebra summers, it's like a bit of a weird ring, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't work. We, we wanted to be very clear, especially for our, for our friends out in the boonies, that, you know, zebras were not... Don't get them confused. Yeah. It's a very animal name. So, apparently, which I've, I've learnt off, um, what was it, that Tiger King series? That, that apparently um, in America, there's just this exorbitant amount of people that have wild animals. And I remember when I was doing the tours of uh, New York, you know, the, the, the tourist bus, and the guide was saying that there's some enormous amount of, like, people have, like, fucking lions in their apartments and shit like that. Like, it's just out of control in the States. Anyway, building on that, two zebras escaped from a Maryland farm and went on the run for a couple of months. So basically, what's happened, mate? This guy's got a couple of cheeky zebras just like, you know, chilling out on his farm. Um, there was actually a side issue that he was uh, he, had a, he had an exotic animal breeding business, which is always a bit questionable of how they treat them and everything like that. Uh, and basically, um, they just like, literally roamed around. So it got to the point that they were just walking through the residents and suburbs of Washington, D.C. and, you know, just having a really good old time. So what's your thought on, uh, I guess, uh, first of all, just like wild animals being bred and kept in America and not just zoos but people's houses? And how would you react seeing a zebra or zebra just fucking cruising down Georgetown, Washington as you're getting your, your frap latte? Wow, that would be awesome. I just don't really care because I, I really I really fucking want one. 
You ever see those Dubai princes driving around in their sports cars and there's a cheetah sitting next to them? They look fucking baller. <laughs> I want a pet cheetah, and they're small enough that they don't really attack grown people. But you, you know, you invite your 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 sister over for Thanksgiving, and she has some like little annoying nephew. Well, you know, it's time to go play in the backyard, and maybe they don't come back. <laughs> Oh, someone's been looking at dark memes before they came on this podcast today. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't, I don't really, yeah. Not even 10 minutes in and already we're going to be banned. <laughs> All right, off to a great start. The second thing is, um, yeah, look, for me, oh, I don't know, personally, I would, uh, I just wouldn't trust it. I mean, because a cheetah can always turn on you, right? Or any animal for that matter. And, um, but yeah, same. I reckon just if I was chilling, <laughs> I'd probably first be thinking, have I smoked angel dust <laughs> before I walked down to the street? You know, is, 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 am I actually on some form of gear and I'm just hallucinating? Or is there actually a zebra? So, you know, it's uh, the jaws of the world. All right, so the next one is actually quite a classic. There's shortages of everything at the moment, right? Like, you know... Oil and containers, and I was reading that Christian Dior isn't going to get any products for the whole continent of Africa to 2022 because there's just they just don't have the container capacity. People in Australia are all up in arms because the buy the women are buying stuff off fucking Fashion Nova and it's coming two seasons later. It's a debacle. But don't know your view on uh, maple syrup, right? Do you like it? Do I like? Do I like makeup? Maple syrup, like on your pancakes. Oh, oh yeah. No, I love maple syrup. Uh, I put syrup on, uh, yeah, it's probably my favorite thing about breakfast. Yeah, waffles, French toast, um, pancakes. Okay, pancakes my number one breakfast food. Uh, my mom used to make uh, blinis. Oh, blinces, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, obviously, but I'm the best of both worlds. I have the part, but the American part. So I I do agree the you know the, the jam and cheese and eggs and everything else, but I prefer the yeah okay syrup I love I, I could live without it, but I'd be very upset if I didn't have it. So check this one out, bro. There is now a maple syrup shortage, and they've had to tap into strategic reserves because there's fucking none left. I'll read this out, bro. This is a fucking crazy article. It's from my NPR. While high gas prices of like blah, 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 the Canadian group Quebec Maple Syrup Producers recently announced it was releasing 50 million pounds of its strategic maple syrup reserves. Quebec produces nearly 70% of the world's maple syrup, with the US being its biggest target. However, this year, producers weren't able to keep up with worldwide demand, which jumped 21%. So you're not alone, mate. Like People are just like you, just absolutely loving it. Maple syrup is from the sap from maple trees, which is traditionally harvested, installing a metal tap into the tree's trunk. And modern sap harvesting typically involves a system of plastic tubing and vacuum to collect the sap from multiple trees to a central location where it can be refined into syrup. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Basically, if you want to call it global warming or not, it's because of the weather conditions. It's kind of fucked up, um, you know, the growing of it. And, uh, yeah, so the cubic maple syrup producers will be tapping 7 million more trees in the near future to try and get the reserves up. So, um, yeah, it's going to be quite a, quite a bit of a, was becoming a bit of a scarce commodity, and now they've just had to literally open the floodgates of it. Uh, I'm wondering the demand jump, was that, is that from the previous year, or is that from 2019, right? Because I always see articles saying, oh, the demand has jumped 21%, but they're talking about, like, COVID lockdown here, you know? If anything, I, I thought more people would want maple syrup during lockdown, because then you have time to stay at home and make yourself pancakes in the morning. But, um... It's just surprising to me. Actually, you know, looking at countries like, um, if you have a country like Canada, even Australia, or, you know, U.S. should be included in there too, and, and a lot of other, like, high-resource-rich countries, and they're all worried about these, like, supply issues. Like, don't you think that should be a wake-up call for these guys to be like, hey, maybe we should, you know, even though it's not as profitable, maybe have some kind of means to produce basic necessities at once in our own 
Like, if you're a Canadian and then the Canadian government says we're out of maple syrup, you'd probably be asking what the fuck are these idiots doing all Like, that maple leaf is on your fucking flag. How, how can you not manage that one thing? Just that. Interesting. <laughs> well, that is a very good question. Well, first of all, to answer, to answer your first question, it's within uh, 2021. So it's like within this year it's gone up. Um, and the second thing is I actually think that um, I've actually been saying this since the start of uh, COVID, mate, that the countries that we live in, we should really have um, like core necessities like medical uh, food, oil, um, basic, like, I don't know, clothes or T-shirts or whatever that are just made in the country. And it's just agreed that, you know, yeah, we pay a little bit more, but it's it's protecting the local industry. Because now what's happened is, as we've seen, there's just... It's not just shortage of, like, clothes or maple syrup or electrical appliances. It's the fact that there's one company in taiwan that makes 85 percent of the world's semiconductors so there's no new cars that like computers are hard to get like fuck me a playstation 5 took me absolutely ever to get so i agree with you mate there has to be more more local manufacturing but the problem is is that a is is a is trying to deal with the unions and then b it's just people people just don't want to pay that much but the stupid thing is is that all this all this shortages of supply chains and the shipping rate's going up and the, and the trucking rate's going up and there's not enough urea at the moment for diesel additives so all the farming costs of everything have gone up because they use urea in the fuel. You end up paying more anyway. You know what I mean? Like, you look at the states, man, inflation's through the fucking roof. I'm going to have to rewind a lot here. Right? I'm happy to address everything you've just said. But did you say you have a PlayStation 5? Yeah, just got one. You never decided to tell me that. You thought that, you know, that wasn't information I needed to hear. I, I bred you on PlayStation 4, my grateful prick. All the hours I put in playing with you, Apex, Call of Duty, the rage-induced anger you heard fly out of me when we played multiplayer. I got you into... I, I, I pulled you from the depths, and you went and got a PlayStation 5. It said nothing to me. I have, I, to be fair, mate, I actually haven't installed it, so when I installed it, I was going to take a picture and send it to you. Um, I'm upset. <laughs> I'm hurt. I feel betrayed. <laughs> I can't believe, did you send me one at least? No uh, one feels bad. That's the only way to make it easier. Yeah. Where did you get one? Bruh. <laughs> I don't think they're real in Singapore. I don't think they exist. No, that's not true. My girlfriend's brother has one. That's the only one I've seen in, oh, okay, and obviously Henrik has right, but. Um, I've given up. I've just stopped. I said, look, when it's readily available, I'll just go buy it. But I'm done looking for it. That's why I'm buying the new CPU. I um, I was on the waiting list for... When did it come out? Was it last year? Yeah, it came out. <laughs> yeah oh, mate, oh, it was crazy. I was on, like, freaking 10 million, 10 million Twitter. You know, I had to give you, like, oh, it's, it's a, you know... Walmart, go to Walmart and, you know, freaking a part of Philadelphia to get it. I was in all of that. And then I tried, like, for about a, fuck, I don't know, eight months. And then I just went on the waiting list of all the local uh, tech stores. So then I got it uh, a couple of days ago. So I haven't installed it yet. Oh, yeah, so. What are you interested in? What, 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 is, what is tickling your pickle right now, Jim? Uh, it's even Rocket League, actually. Maybe... You bought a PlayStation 5 to play Rocket League? <laughs> That's a stupid purchase. You can play Rocket League on PlayStation 4. I don't know enough about gaming, mate. And and, and considering you're feeling betrayed at this moment of time, it's probably not the best time for me to ask what I should be playing on PS5. But fuck it. <laughs> what should you be playing on PS5 that's good? That's the wrong word. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm just jealous. This is jealousy, man. I'm not betrayed. But... <laughs> Like I, like I said, I'm going to get a new CPU. You have a new computer now anyway. Then we, then we can maybe get some, some Civ action going again a little bit. Oh, yeah. Remember those days? Yeah, Civ 6 is actually really good. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's about it, then. That's it, game set match. All right, well, I've got, an, I've got another crazy article for you. Cash scattered across a Southern California freeway sent drivers into a frenzy. So, basically... Traffic's come to a complete stop because the armored car, 
The armored car was traveling north along wherever it was in San Diego, and the doors unexpectedly swung open and bags of cash flew out. Cars parked on the shoulder in the middle of the road as most motorists and passengers raced to collect the bills, mostly $1 and $20, little throughout the ground. <laughs> then the coppers come and said, I highly suggest to anybody that picked up cash out here, it's not your cash, to turn it in immediately to the CHP office in Vista. And there's pictures of all these drivers on the gram with just these fucking wads of cash everywhere. Oh, and two people were arrested <laughs> for taking the money. The, the armor car was transported the money from San Diego to a federal deposit insurance corporation in Los Angeles. Would you take the money? I, I would. But the thing is, is you're taking, you said it's, it's going to a federal depository? Yeah, Federal Deposit Insurance Corp. Yeah, so if it's, if it's actually a federal arm of if something, yeah, I would give it back, I think. Um, the government loves to steal the else, but if you take 40 bucks from them, then they're going to, you know, forget it. It's not, it's not worth it. It's, it's not. And then I'm sure the bills are marked, and they'll kind of know the serial numbers on the bills, and if you try to deposit them or something, it could come up. So I guess you'd have to take them, like, 7-Eleven or something and, and just buy something small. I don't think you're going to be making any really big purchases out with it. But, I mean, of course, who wouldn't initially, if you saw $20 falling from the sky, who, who wouldn't, um, you know, who wouldn't, who wouldn't pick it up? I actually, I actually, that's it. Billionaire, then who cares, right? Then you're probably throwing that out over the side just to watch the chaos. Just <laughs> <laughs> for fun. I actually wouldn't pick it up, mate, in all honesty. I wouldn't. Nah, if I look, if I walked down the street and there's twenty bucks lying around and it was just there and you found it fair and square, then sure. But mate, if I was behind an armored truck and it fucking flew out, nah, it's the it's the whole um. I'm gonna go religious here for a moment on your on, on your ass, bro. It's the whole thou shalt not steal, right? So it's like you, you're clearly like stealing it from someone else. So and I just you know I've done. <laughs> I've done I've, I've I've done a fair bit of stuff in life, mate. You know what I mean. So I'm probably borderline getting into heaven if I'm being honest. And I and I don't want sixty bucks to push me over. They're like, oh, you know, you know, you could have made it into heaven, but then, but then the fucking armored car spilled all the money and you stole a hundred bucks. Yeah, you're going to hell for the rest of your life now <laughs> for eternity. So yeah, I just I would have played it safe, bro. You'd have to word it differently. You'd have to you'd have to say that I'm just getting my uh, just getting my tax refund early. That's all. <laughs> just say, look, I didn't have time to wait. They've been taking money from me this whole year. I just wanted to buy a sandwich a little early. That's all. But if you only get sixty bucks from an armored car dropping all of its money, you suck at picking up cash. That's all I have to say. Feel like that's very that's a very low bar to set for yourself. I remember when I was a kid, they used to have this thing come to our school where you would stand in this plastic plastic capsule thing. And then what they would do is they had a, a bunch of bills lying on the floor, and then they had a vacuum cleaner at the bottom. or Not a vacuum cleaner. That, that would suck all the cash up. A, a leaf blower. And they would shoot the bills, and the bills would fly around this plastic thing, and you would have to grab them. Anything you grabbed, you kept. But, I mean, this is like a high-powered leaf blower. So this thing, you're like in the middle of a tornado. So like trying to grab this stuff is quite, you know, difficult. Sometimes it gets stuck in your, like, you know, hits your chest and it gets wedged in your shirt. <clears throat> so it's like a freebie. But I think even in that situation, I was able to collect more than $60. So I, I would hope you would do better than that. I feel like I would actually, I feel like I'd actually fucking nail it if I went for it. I think I'd, I, I, what, a $20 bills here? You'd have to get at least probably 600, 600, 700 bucks, you would have thought, at I, least. I would hope so. I would hope you would. Yeah, you'd be disappointed if you if you because you've got to really fucking go for it. You'd be disappointed if you if you if you didn't break five hundred. You'd probably start really questioning your life and where your life's heading as you're driving like away. Yeah. Like this is what it's come to. I can't even get over five hundred bucks of free money. Yeah. But so. I think you would have to take that cash and you'd have to run somewhere and like spend it right away. Like take it, drive somewhere, and then you know spend it. And then when they put out the thing saying return the cash, be like, what are you talking about? I just found on what armored car. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, but these days, mate, they fucking they the GPS your phone. You you know? they, they, the best 
behind. Actually, they probably could catch you because then they could look at the security cam. Yeah, you're kind of screwed no matter what you do. Because they have camera and you go in and then if for whatever reason the serial number gets registered, they'll say, oh, who came in here and bought something with a lot of cash? And then they can look through. You know, they go they go above and beyond when it comes to trying to get back their own money. But <laughs> anything else, it's like a half-assed approach. <laughs> but it's not like, holy shit. The love ambassador stole $200 from us. We're pulling out all the fucking stocks. <laughs> gonna, you'll be on that TV show 24 hours. How to catch a money, <laughs> federal money theft in 24 hours. And you just be, yeah, poor, poor you. Half the show just be you driving in your car. <laughs> Unbelievable. But yeah, but don't forget your phone. Your phones are basically tracking devices now as well. Mate, that's how they catch murderers. You know, like, I, I'm against murder. Don't advocate it. Like, it's wrong. Thou shalt not kill. However, if you were to do it, don't ever take your phone. The amount of murderers get, get caught because they're carrying their fucking iPhone on them and they just log in. They're like, they just track them. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, that's a... It's right, you get into that gray zone in terms of like, of course everybody wants their privacy, right? But then when does it become... Of course... You, if you say, hey, we've caught murderers using this, you wouldn't be like, well, I don't agree with it. In your head, you'd be like, oh, great, you know, you, you caught some, some, some bad people who did some bad shit, and that's, and that's fantastic. But it's, it's when you realize that they can just watch anything you do all the time anyway. And it's just like, uh, when does the, the lack of privacy... It's, it, it's hard, right? Because when you phrase it in that way, you put it in a way that, you know, us tracking our phone all the time is a good thing. But then you bring into question your just right to privacy in general, which I think over over the years has just been eroded away entirely, right? Like in 2001 and all that after uh, September 11th, obviously, uh, that was used um, and if for a cause that most people could get behind. But once you kind of look behind that cause, you see that, you know, they just kind of eventually just watch everything you do. Look at all the whistleblowers who came out, uh, Snowden, and then there was another one who came out too, that they're just like collecting everything. It doesn't even matter what you're doing. They just want to watch and hear and see. Now, of course, everyone's like, oh, what the hell do they care? You know, what we're talking about, you know, on this on this podcast. Sure, they probably don't, but it's the principle, I guess, that, that matters. Unless they go full China and start doing the, like, social credit system. And then they just take all the data and put it into some nice freaking algorithm. And then they're like, oh, Jimbo score is, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's out of 100. I'll give you, like, a 99. You're a nice guy. <laughs> so uh, you're allowed to do whatever you want. And then they go over and look to me and they're like, oh, man. He searches some questionable things. <laughs> we'll give him a, uh, a 67. <laughs> so... You know, I'm not allowed to work in anything nice. I can I can work in, uh, in a coal mine somewhere. <laughs> Mate, speaking of which, uh, on coal mines, uh, I was actually going to do a separate, um, just a kind of editorial uh, reading uh, podcast because apparently uh, coal and the production of coal is going through the fucking roof. But not just that, they're now saying that it's going to be like, by 2024, like 11% to 11% more than it currently is. And what it is, is it's basically China or India have just gone, nah, fuck it. <laughs> like, we're going for coal-fired power stations. Who are you white people that colonised us and fucked us over for so many years to tell us what we can and can't do? And now because the gas prices are so high, even Europe's gone back into coal. New Zealand's increased their coal consumption as well. They import about a million tonnes a year. So it's just like, yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. You you might still be able to work in a coal mine with your 67 scorecard, mate. And a canary. And a canary, mate. You need a canary in the coal mine to warn you. Well, you know, okay, I'm from, uh, I'm from Pennsylvania. You know, Mr. Philly, obviously Pennsylvania. We've got a lot of coal mines over there, so it's uh, all shut down pretty much. But we got them. We, they're there. Waiting to, waiting to get home. Or they're on fire. Like, uh, I'm sure you've seen pictures before of the Centralia, right? Where the coal mine ignited and now it's just burning forever. And you go drive down, there's like smoke coming out of the streets. The whole thing's just burning. I haven't heard about this. Really? No, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how it happened, but somehow, like, uh, some big fire broke out and it caught fire inside the mine and it's 
burning to this day. There's like two people left in the town that, that it's there. But if you go down the street and the smoke from the burning is coming out of the, the ground underneath. I think it's Centralia. Give me one second. Let me make sure here. Yeah, while you, while you fact-check fact the name of the place, I'm going to read something else out. A broken toilet in SpaceX capsule means astronauts will return to Earth in diapers. The journey back to Earth from space is never easy, but the astronauts aboard the SpaceX capsule coming home on Monday will have an extra challenge to deal with. No working toilet. The four members on the SpaceX crew, Dragon and Devil, will be wearing diapers as they splash down in order to prevent anything else from splashing too. Unbelievable. Could you imagine, mate? Just you've been in space and then you got to literally wear diapers. I don't want to go to space. I have zero interest. I'll only go to space when it's like Star Wars level, and I'll be well dead by then. When it's Star Wars level, I'll go to space. Now it's like, Jesus Christ, anything can go wrong. Like, every time they have a system, it's like a party. That doesn't, that doesn't make me happy. That's, it kind of, you know, scares me. Or as they take off and land, nobody cares. That's why I wanted to get to where it's so seamless that it's just like a everyday, everyday part of life. Um, just to let you know, it is Centralia. It's the Centralia Mine Fire, Pennsylvania. It's nineteen. They don't know what caused it, but it's a it's burning underground coal mines at depths of two hundred feet over an eight mile stretch of three thousand seven hundred acres. They're just burning away. Real estate is different. Yeah. This would be. This, this. How do you feel about space travel? Hmm? But what, what do you think? Do you think we should be pioneering to the to the stars above, or, or should we focus on on making making Earth a more habitable and equal place for everyone to be happy and live in, in harmony until the, until the end times, until the rapture, or until the sun explodes, or whatever you believe in? Um, good question. I I just don't think that we're ever going to have this harmonious, equitable society, even after the great global reset, where we all give up our houses and everything else and we're happy. I just, um, I mean, look, we both had mums that grew up in communism, right? So we saw the biggest attempt at this, you know, euphoria of the working class and, and its trials and tribulations. I've always been fascinated by space, bro. Like I could, mate. I could. If you had a rocket and you could send me up tomorrow, then then I would. Uh, I would definitely go out. And uh, shout out to my shout out to my homie Dots because my friend um, in Harare, Zimbabwe, of all places, uh, he's a full on flat Earth uh, advocate. And uh, he like like the real deal, bro. Like he's not he's not like been on the bandwagon the last year he's like been like this since since i've known him right so i actually <laughs> i actually want to go on a space rocket with him because it's, two things are going to happen we're either going to hit the top of the dome <laughs> we're not going to be able to get through and he's right or we're going to just punch through into like outer space and i'm just going to be like huh huh <laughs> But yeah, it's it's the the universe has always um, fascinated me, and the fact that it's indefinite, and also the perspective of I would love to be outside of Earth looking in, because I think it would really um, all the shit that we go through in life, like everyone's got their own personal struggles and stuff that upsets them or whatever. I, I, it would be that moment of clarity and putting into check, like. I mean, it, 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 you'd be like, fuck, like, I'm here, I'm stressing over X and Y and having restless nights, but then when you're in space and you're looking, you're like, fuck, I'm like a, a blop in the middle of freaking nowhere. And I, I think it would just be that that moment of just um, bar the sounds of the spaceship, pure, si uh, pure silence. And it's just the, the question of, I guess, what's, what's out there, you know? I've always loved like looking at stars and constellations and um, I guess we may as well talk about aliens like I think um, aliens do exist in fact one of the one of the documented uh, proper alien sightings which is used as a common reference happened in Melbourne of all places where the people actually had contact with the you can watch it on YouTube and shit like that right like there was this school and uh, the spaceship kind of came down and whoever was kind of came out. And they all, like all of them, had exactly the same 
thing. But there was an interesting documentary on YouTube about it because, um, again, my friend that's the Flat Earth dude, his, uh, he had a family friend's sister that was at school and same thing happened. And the, the, the explanation is exact, like exactly the same, right? And the message was like, you know, you've got to take care of the planet and don't let technology overtake everything, right? Um, so I, I do think that there's obviously good and bad extra space. There might even be a universe that's mirrored us. They mean, there might be another LA and Mr. Philly and another planet living their life out in, in mirror and, and whatnot. So yeah, it's the, it's the, um, it's the creative spiritual energy element of not knowing what's out there, you know? And it's the same thing of like, if you believe in you, you die and you go to heaven, like wh where's heaven? You know what I mean? Like, is it like, do you go to a specific place with pearly gates and is that within the, the universe as well or what? So, yeah, I, I love space, mate. It's, it's very wholesome. That's very nice. I, yeah. I, I, I see the appeal. I see the appeal. I just think in our lifetime, it's never going to get to, like, require so much more um, technology and, and we're so, I don't know, I don't think we're there yet, right? It's fun to think about, but sadly, I don't think we'll ever get to experience it. Maybe in the next, you know, 200, 300 years, whoever, whoever's around that, then maybe they'll get to, uh, they'll get to handle it. But I think it'll be hard to make any big progress like that unless is a, is a, is a, there has to either be one society that's very advanced or the whole world itself has to, has to be sort of on the, in the same, the same page in terms of maybe like working together sake of technology maybe not you know kumbaya and with everybody and uh, you know everyone's you know, same religion same language but just the same the same morals and values on a base level and the same you know desire to better everything with technology but i think there's you know too many splits right now and too many people want to be better than other other uh, too many countries or groups want to be better than other countries and groups but you know we'll see this globalization things been pushed, pushed for pushed for a while like you mentioned the great great reset and all this thing this terrifies me by the way i can't think that well you'll own nothing and, and be happy well those bastards who are saying that have like fucking 500 million in the bank are they going to give away all their shit who was that dick who said that prince Prince Charles, is he one of the assholes? Is he going to give away all his fucking fancy castles? I don't think so. They'll be like, no, no, great reset for everyone else. But maybe that's how they'll bring us together. Everyone's going to be so fucking miserable that we're all going to be able to relate to each other. It's interesting, actually, because um, when you... We're actually sort of, like, truly heartbroken and truly miserable, um, unless it's, like, a medically-induced depression. Um, you do, in a weird sense, have more sense of humanity with people because it's like you you actually feel such pain and then you know like especially for men because when when we go and we kind of cover it in our day to day you just sort of look at other people differently because you think fuck like what are those <laughs> what are those punters going through as well you know behind closed doors it's the same thing in melbourne like you know um the therapists are like the most popular people in the fucking country, mate. You know, they've booked that for like a year because like everyone's just so whacked after lockdown. So, but yeah, it's that that whole concept of owning nothing is just bizarre because it, it, I think it makes sense in like a rural setting. I think it would make sense that if you kind of lived off the land and it's just like the hospitals kind of provided for you and in return you give like a couple of, you know, a couple of chickens or something or whatever it is, you know, that you got. Um, that rural or, or like, indigenous, like, going really back to, like, indigenous uh, societies of, um, like, with in, uh, indigenous people here, like, dreamland and tied to the land and, uh, you know, Papua New Guinea where it's, like, specific area that you kind of live. That makes sense, but I don't think on mass... Uh, in any society you can have it it just doesn't it just doesn't work for the very the, for the very reason of like i'll give you a prime example right my mum and my aunt right my mum is like highly intelligent highly industrious quick moving smart uh entrepreneurial uh really good at kind of mass numbers um 
really like sort of uh, savviness on education and politics and world and what's going on, right? Uh, and then when she was doing, uh, in Poland, you had to do compulsory military training, right, uh, at school. So she was the, um, like, the squad leader or whatever it was, like the major. And so she was running all the cadets and everything like that. And uh, my aunt, for lack of a better expression, was a, was a French teacher, and it's like a full-blown hippie. And she's like, God bless her, but she's just useless at, like, day-to-day running things, and she's away with the stars, and she doesn't save her money, and <laughs> oh, she does now, but, you know, it's like she's so completely different. And even to the point where when they were doing the military in Poland, <laughs> they were like... Oh, you know, Grishula's, uh, Zofia's um, sister, she must be good, right? She must be good. We'll put her in charge of everyone. And uh, my aunt accidentally yelled fire when the military head was on the fucking range and nearly killed him. You know? like So you, you tie all that back, right, to this global reset and economy and communism and everything like that. Two people of the same family, the same bloodline, similar age, similar upbringing, similar culture, similar opportunities and everything like that are so completely different that that's the core of why these things never work because you'll never, ever have equality. You can have equality of of opportunity, you have equality of, of races, you can have equality of education, but individuals are so different that you can't physically um, brainwash it out of them. Yeah, no, of course, uh, obviously, meritocracy should be what, or I think meritocracy is probably the best way to go about things, right? Whoever's the best for the job is who gets the job, regardless of, you know, uh, religion, race, sex, doesn't matter, right? As long as you, as long as you as an individual can do the job well, um, and you meet whatever criteria to to fulfill the, the needs of it, then you should be the one that has it. My only thing is when I hear this great reset, you could say, you know, tinfoil hat time, whatever. Did you ever see, just yes or no question, Jimbo, did you ever see uh, Hunger Games? Yes. That, to me, that is that is great reset. Has that written all over the fucking wall? You have a group of people who, you know, are just going to sit and have everything. They tell everybody else, they tell the masses they can have nothing. But it's not like you're not going to work. So you're going to have to work. And you're going to have to provide for everybody else. But there's going to be groups of people who don't do anything, right? And what's, what's the Queen of England going to do if she gives away all nothing, right? What are the, these, these trillionaire, billionaire people who have more money? You know, they don't – I don't think on, on, a, on a grand scale that a lot of these really, really rich people who have the means to put something like this into place, either behind the scenes or publicly, um, they don't think that they're like me and you. Right? They're not going to think that they're like the – the, the family who's, you know, middle-class family raising two kids, sending them to public school, and they're both working to pay the house off. We're, you know, completely different to them. And then they're telling us we can't own anything, right? And then I'm sure there'll be some system in place, which, yeah, we can't own anything, but uh, just like in Hunger Games, when they go through the whole aspect of, of, uh, of hope, like how you said that, yeah, everybody is miserable together and that can bring people together very well. But the way that you keep things from going out of control, because <clears throat> if everybody's just pissed off and there's no way to get out of the situation, you're just going to riot, right? You're just going to lose your shit and go nuts. Um, but if you give the, the, the hope that there's a chance that you can have a better life, no matter how small that could possibly be, it's, it's kind of scary in the sense that I do think that actually keeps people keeps people uh, like sedated in a sense. Like, yeah, you're going to be pissed off and you're going to be miserable, but the fact that you think that there's a way out, no matter how small, will just kind of keep you in this mental jail, you know? And the fact that they keep making movies and, and, and shows and stories about this, you know, post-world government and, uh, you know, it's all this kind of... I can't find the right word for it right now. I don't know. It just, it, it seems like it's almost conditioning to, to the egg, you know, kind of sort of going to be like. I mean, that's a very bad way to look at it. But then at the same time, a lot of people think Hunger Games is very cool. And like, what the hell is wrong with you? It's terrifying. <laughs> it's just scary as hell. Especially if it's freaking Pan Am, where I'm from. I'd be, I would be in, in Pennsylvania. That, they had like a little map that showed you where you would be. But um, I, I, that, that's what it, that's what 
the, the extreme rings to me, but the fact that that could even be a possibility is what kind of freaks me out. Because what, what are they, you know, great, great reset in terms of, I know if you look into the actual thing of what they're talking about is they want to more investment in green energy and all these really nice things that they're saying, but um, I don't know, why, why should, you know, really rich people come around and say they want to do these things? For what reason do we really did? They would be doing a lot more to solve a lot of the problems that we have in general. I mean, if they really cared about, you know, say, uh, uh, just like use the continent of Africa or South America as an example, all these poor countries that need food or, or shelter or clothes or education. I mean, they have more money than they know what to do with. If they really gave two hells about anything going on in this world, they would be pouring money into tangible help for people. But they just have these little conferences and have their little, you know, political games and all. Okay, then, you know, then do it. Somebody's really into clean energy and they're all billionaires. Okay, get together and throwing a huge amount of money at it. All these politicians want to, I mean, these things could be so fast. I, I just don't trust. It always is built to, to help a select few people, right? And sadly, the majority don't fit to the category of who help. I just wonder if, um, you know, because we, for example, like with this, uh, with this lockdown, so Melbourne, uh, where I'm obviously from and doing this, is the longest lockdown in the world. Well, I had the longest lockdowns in the world. The one thing that um, stopped the fucking chaos was um, people had money. So the government actually stepped in and said, right, we're just going to give everyone a whole chunk of money to sit at home because they're not working. Uh, and then the second thing was obviously fear, right? The fear of COVID and getting sick and fear of dying and everything like that, which was, yeah, look, I mean, people will argue for the rest of humanity, you know, if it was, if it wasn't, I think that, you know, there was obviously an element of it um, to begin with. So if it was to work, argument's sake, this, this reset, and they were able to find a way to essentially indefinitely fund people to just be at home and that's your house and watch Netflix and will allow a certain amount of um, talk as long as it's not against the government. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think many people would rebel. And that's kind of what you saw in, that's what you saw in, uh, in Melbourne. I mean, then again, you know, does that mean because it was COVID and people were worried about catching it that they weren't marching and protesting? Then, then maybe, but I just don't see how a group of people can decide for everyone. Like, period. Like, that, that's the issue that I have. Like, there's a people sitting it around. But they're also not representing everyone. They're, they're not representing everyone in the sense of, they're not representing people from, like, I don't know, Malawi or Guatemala or um, uh, Myanmar or Solomon Islands. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a couple of, like, rich white people and then they invite like a couple of other people so they don't look like it's completely you know white supremacist for lack of better expression you know or european indoctrination of all of this um and yet they're deciding but the majority of people are just trying to get through their life day to day you know what i mean like so i think it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen i think whatever is going on man we're in for a major shift in the coming decade and um, I'm not convinced it's going to be for the best, to be honest, bro. I just, well, I, I yeah, don't. Th we're changed, mate. We're not for the best. Uh, say hello, a few white. It's, it, I, it, I don't think it has anything. It really has to do more about. It really is just money. Really wealthy people. They're going to be included in all these discussions. Power players. What happens after all this is put into play? Who knows, right? Of course, nobody knows who's going to get dropped. Right? Maybe people. Who initially you might get kicked out later but at this point i don't i don't think though it's this group of people i think for now all we can for a group of people who own a lot of right that the monetary system cash is nothing cash is worthless assets trash it means zero but when you start talking about people who own like actual commodities actual you know just farmland mines all these other things like this is what people all the time what are they buying farmland now, of course, they have to make partnerships with the government because if, if they're really nobody, nobody's going to recognize. If it goes complete anarchy, right? So there has to be some system in place so that they can continue keeping what they have. But the people who just have a lot of money, I mean, to 
That's the plaza everywhere, mate. You're basically seeing it now with um, COVID and the, the the vaccination certificates, right? I think it's a it's a trial step. I, to me, I don't think I could be wrong, right? Of course, nobody knows, but I don't think that the COVID restrictions and all these things will last. So I you know, don't quote me on this because I'm not I don't know anything. Again, I'm a fucking idiot. But it's, at the end of the day, I don't think it'll go past 2022 because there's so many people who. Remember, the whole idea is that when you when you want to erode freedoms, um, and I think this has been, I, I think I think even Hitler said this, and other people have said this too. You don't do it in like a big, you know, fucking drop the hammer because then everybody gets so, you know, they all get freaked out. Oh, oh my god, what the hell just happened? Um, then they get scared and then they panic and then you get the real big put. But now you've opened such a door has been opened up in the sense that people are like. So easily now, like they all just fall into line, and now they're used to having things taken away from them if they don't follow the rules, right? Now you've conditioned people to say, "Oh, if I don't get vaccinated, um, then I understand why I can't go out. Then I understand why I can't see my friends. I understand why I can't go to the school. I understand why I can't uh, go out and socialize." Um, but but now that you know they've justified it, it has to be a virus. I mean, how does what does that open up the door for later, right? You, now you've already given a you've already given a green light in the sense that a lot of people, not everybody. That's why I don't think it's going to last past twenty twenty two because you have a lot of countries. Like even in Australia, you guys have protests like crazy, right? You have high vaccination rates, but people still protest. You have people who are vaccinated but are still against everything going on. I think it's now, I think you're interesting. I think because what's going to happen is that eventually, um, first of all, it's fatigue of the virus. Like, the people have just been scared for so long that they've just got to the point where it's, like, enough. And, you know, like, I've got my own stories and everyone else has their own stories about how it's impacted their life and fucked something up in their life, right? And there's that kind of, like, I'm just over it. I've, I've done my bit. I've got my double vax. I've got my cert, like, leave me alone. Um, and I think that more and more people were happy to kind of give it up temporary, temporarily, but... Now, it's almost like you're being a bit of a dick, right? That's, in short, I don't know how else to say it. It's like, that's kind of the attitude where Aussies are kind of like, we've done we've done what we had to do. Yeah, we were scared and we shat ourselves. But now, like, just stop being a fucking wanker, mate. Like, just let us go and do our thing now. And if we get it, we get it. You know, just enough's enough. Um, so... And it's the same thing with this this Omicron, where they're trying to scare the shit out of you again now. They're coming out and saying there's going to be 25,000 new cases a day in fucking Sydney. It's like, like, all right, I get it. We've got to be safe, but fucking just leave us alone, you know? Like, and I think that's where the I think that's where the push is going to come. But the problem is now the fucking systems are in. You're used to wearing your fucking mask. You're used to fucking signing in. You're used to the government being able to track with you and everything like that. So. So now what's going to be interesting is if we're all so used to doing it and that's our normal life, why would they take it away? Like, if I actually was the government, I wouldn't take it away. You're fucking kidding me. You know, you now know everything about your citizens. 
where they go, what they do, what's happening. You take that information, Google takes that information, you sell it, you monetize it, now you're making an absolute shitload of advertisement because you're like, oh yeah, Jimmy goes to the Timbuktu cafe um, down the road all the time, so he obviously likes this type of food, so let's suggest some other things. And next thing you know, it's in your fucking gram and everything like that. It was like, and and, and the, the surveillance is getting mental. I put this on an IG post. I went and I bought a um, book uh, of uh, old pictures of Melbourne, right? Like coffee, literally coffee table book, right? And I didn't, I didn't post it on social media at the time. I didn't take any photos. I didn't fucking show anything. Bro, off the grid, like off the freaking grid, nothing, right? You know what pops up on my IG randomly? Oh, advertisement for old Melbourne pictures. And I was like, for fuck's sake, like, don't make it so obvious, right? That that actually pisses me off. I understand you're tapping me. I understand you know where I'm going, what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Don't, like, rub it in my face so much that you're literally on Big Brother or William shit. So, yeah, let's see what happens, mate, because the problem is as well is that the millennials are just so indoctrinated with all this shit. Um, oh, well. You're a unique millennial. Hang on a sec. To the people that are doing the global reset, uh, keep up the good work. I'll I'll be a team player when you do it. Uh, just put me in a good position. Thanks very much. I was just saying it into my phone, mate, because they tapped in. Fucking sell out. Can imagine people who are only a couple of years probably don't even care that it happened. Because you, 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 you have the idea of like, okay, our parents both grew up under communism, right? So they have the idea of, you know, sometimes it worked, but it was pretty shit, especially towards the end. And, um, and they lived through that, and they understand that. And it's in history books, it's everywhere, right? But now you have younger people, people who have never even experienced it, who think it's a good idea. And it's okay to see what 9-11 really was, but you grow up under the surveillance state. And that's your life, that's normal for you. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I'll take a video of it to show you. There is the biggest freaking storm outside of my house, and it's going to come through in the audio. So I'm going to thank you once again for a lovely podcasty, great discussion. And um, yeah, till next time, or till, till next time, amigo. Thanks, man. Peace.